How's it going, everyone? It's Wednesday, May 12th. You're tuning in Two and a Half Hoopers, Al Jefferson's favorite basketball podcast. I'm here with George Martin. Hello, everybody. And no Josh Rose today, so we have Josh Nowakowski swapping one Josh for another. How you doing today, Josh? I'm good. What's going on, fellas? Josh Nowakowski is from the J Sports Podcast. Um, I, he's a recurring guest here. We're recurring to guest on his. Let's down the ball in the comments. Uh, which Josh you like better? J- don't just kidding. Don't do that. Um, I'm Jacob Lehman. Uh, we got a good show for you guys. Uh, recap yesterday's a ball. Uh, George's halftime, and then just uh, gonna be covering some storylines. Um, we are gonna be trying out a little bit of a different format here. Uh, so. If we do actually have listeners, uh, one, you're greatly appreciated, and two, let us know how you like this format. If you like the uh, old way we do it, or uh, you'll kind of see the differences we have in this one. So uh, you can let us know about that on Instagram and Twitter, at THHoopers. Uh, drop a comment anywhere. We'll shout you out. Just some more bots last time, but um, I gave them a piece of my mind. Uh, so I mean, maybe they'll stop coming around, or maybe I'm just encouraging them. Who really knows what's going on? Emperor, uh, maybe. Just so you know, Danny Stiff, Jay Guardhouse, we see you. Uh, Danny Stipp was uh, Danny Spawners was the one that kind of uh, propelled this kind of change, and I was bouncing some ideas off him, and he uh, was giving some good feedback that showed he actually does listen to the podcast. Um, so appreciate you, um, and we're gonna get right wow. into it. So uh, we're gonna start with what our lookheads were from last podcast. Uh, Josh Rose, who isn't here right now, he's on uh, girlfriend duties. Happy birthday, uh, Doina. Um, his lookhead was Lakers Knicks. Uh, so we're gonna go all the way to Tuesday. Knicks took the Lakers to overtime and uh, ended. Up losing at Staples. Um, let me get to that game. 101.99. Very low scoring game because Tom Thibodeau is in fact stuck in 2011. Uh, he will play his guys 40 minutes. He will play hard nosed defense, and ultimately he will get those guys playing hard. So Kuzma 23 um, and Randall 31 and eight. Uh, one thing I noticed from here, um, and then I'll let you guys kind of get to talking because I wasn't able to catch this one. Um, Randall 31, D Rose 27. No else. No one else in double figures for the Knicks. Uh, so I'll start with George for this one. Yeah, I mean, shout out to 90s basketball. This was some hard, hard edge defensive game. I mean, it was great down to the wire. Uh, both defenses were great, not allowing either team to really propel much of a lead. I think the next biggest lead was 10. That was the biggest lead of the game, but not a low, uh, not a lot of open shots here. Great atmosphere. Uh, came down to the wire. Lakers defense won in the Can air. Can you uh, break down the end of regulation? So, yeah, um, Lakers were basically calling. We were within five, and then they get a few stops, and Knicks go up two. Lakers come down, get a huge stop. AD just, I mean, puts the brakes on Randall, and then Lakers get the ball back, go down. KCP shoots three misses. Wesley Matthews gets a huge tip in uh, to, t- to tie the game. They come down. They Randall, like, forces up a shot, goes into overtime, but, yeah, uh, Anthony Davis was huge on defense on the stretch. I think the Knicks only scored like six points in the last five minutes. They really shut him down there at the end. Drummond had a really effective game. He created a lot of opportunities on the offensive board. I have to give credit where it's due there. He really, he really kind of saved them in the end. He, you know, kick outs to threes. And yeah, I mean, I wish we got more games like this, you know, like mid nineties, low one hundred scoring with like you, you like the slow burns. I, I like it. You know, Bucks are giving up 146 and scoring 130. Like that's not fun. <laughs> I mean this really felt like like a 2010s Western Conference Finals matchup. So uh, I'll break down overtime for everyone who didn't catch it. Um very 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 close back and forth and then THT um after a crazy Randall three uh, that put him up by one THT comes down 25 seconds left takes a screen from AD I believe it's a clutch three 
Um, and then that last possession from the Knicks was not good. Me and Alcaski were talking about it before. So, Alcaski, tell me about that last possession for the Knicks and then also what you saw from Drummond in this game. Drummond this game, 16 and 18 in 35 minutes, like playing some key minutes on the stretch for the first time in a few games. Uh, yeah, uh, so to break down that last possession, um, I believe Randall and Rose both had the ball in their hands at some point in that possession. Why Randall gave it up, I don't know. Even Rose, why he gave it up. Barrett wasn't having a great game, so I did not like the ball with him in his hands at the end of the game. And then it just seemed it was five out and just no one was moving, really. So it was just a really sloppy possession from the Knicks. And, um, I mean, it turned into an awful shot. But, um, yeah, talking about Drummond, I just want to so the offensive rebounds. I don't know how many Drummond had. He had 18 total rebounds, but the Lakers had four offensive rebounds compared to the Knicks' five offensive rebounds. Um, Drummond had five all rebounds. He, so he had fi- he had five of the 14 offensive rebounds. It's huge. Which is how many the total Knicks team had. Um, it just shows there are some matchups you can play Drummond and he can be effective on the court. Um there were a few possessions where I saw him kind of space the floor, actually, and move to the corner for Anthony Davis. Just the Knicks, they play a different brand of defense, so Davis couldn't really get going. But um, hopefully you just hope Caruso's not out too long. That's the big concern for the Lakers. Hopefully Caruso's back next game and the Lakers can somehow avoid this play-in. Do you think matches for Drummond uh, are more like who's their starting center or the play style? Because I think we've been trying to figure out what starting centers work for them. I, then I keep saying you put them in pick and roll because Nurk is lumbering center, but Dame will cook in if you get that switch. Is it kind of like if it's a slow burn type of game, like me and George are saying, if it's a very slow paced game, is that a Drummond game? Uh, yeah, I think if it's a slow paced game, it's a Drummond game. I still, I mean, it does depend on the team's play style. But there are some centers where you can, like, tonight on Noel, which obviously you're not going to see in the playoffs. But even against someone like Jokic, I know we kind of talked about it before the pod, um, that, like, you can just throw him out there to get fouls that take away from Trez and Gasol not getting fouls. You can take him out there to kind of just be aggressive on Jokic and rough him up a little bit. I do want to mention this, though, real quick. At the eight-minute mark of the fourth quarter, Lehman said, Drummond, good game equals Lakers loss. George said, this game is over. I've seen this too many times. <laughs> you can't – okay, attack me all you want. Because I, I, George says that every game. Like, Lakers <laughs> up by 10. He's like, Lakers can't do it. We're not, we're not repeating what? this. Da, da, da. And guess George what? Freaks they out. come back and win. It's a reverse yeah. trinx, baby. You can quote me because I still agree with that. We It, it, it does although, happen. Sometimes you're it right. It does happen up. a lot, so I agree you with that. Right. But you got to give George a little bit of a little bit of slack. He over exaggerates <laughs> a lot. Um, moving I on to the Knicks here, um, was, not as much to talk about. Oh, finish that. I was just gonna say it was a seven point game when George said that. <laughs> it, it, <laughs> you, Lakers could be winning, and he's like, "Oh my gosh, they gave up that corner three. You should, That's how it starts. You should have seen me in the bubble, man. I, I remember that it was like against the Pacers, whatever. TJ Warren had like 45. I was freaking out. I'm like, we're not winning. Quinn Cook's playing. <laughs> yeah, he he's not a good person to watch a game with. If you're not one, used to him, and two, you get a little bit of an anxiety watching your favorite team. He will, he, he, will convince, he will convince you that your favorite team will not win and that somehow the team is just head over heels the entire competition. But yeah, for the Knicks, uh, they now drop to the sixth seed. Uh, they're in a three-way tie. Uh, but it, it looks like uh, because of NBA.com, uh, they don't own a lot of the tiebreakers. Uh, so Atlanta's in the four seed right now, Miami the five seed, and the Knicks the six seed. Good news, they will not be in the play-in tournament because the Celtics are three hands back. Um, from Would you say was the four seed currently? 
Atlanta Hawks, Miami I Heat. The, New York. I have the Heat being four on what I'm looking at, but really, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm on NBA.com. So yeah, it's a three-way tie there. Um, yeah, sure. Uh, Heat are on a three-game win streak. I don't see them getting the six seed, so it's looking like the Heat are going to be a top four or five seed. Um, who do you trust to get that five seed more, the Hawks or the Knicks, George? I don't know, man. The Hawks have been playing really, really sound basketball lately. I, I'd have to look at the remaining schedule. I might still have to say the Hawks. They've been just playing all around. I, I know the Knicks are, you know, probably a top three defense. Hawks have been top ten, I, I assume, lately since since uh, Lloyd Pierce took over, and their offense has been magnificent. So, I mean, I'm probably going to have to say the Hawks here. Uh, Nowakowski. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree with George there. Like, who knew that one coaching change made all the difference in the world for this team? Like it's insane. And obviously it was the guy that was fired last season. <laughs> yeah. And obviously health had an issue with the Hawks. They were very injured early on. Um, but yeah, I really like Atlanta and Miami is, they've just been so inconsistent. They like, they go on these weird runs. If that's the four five matchup, I, I like Atlanta. Oh, I'm taking Miami to the well, I'm taking Miami to win a first round series. It's looking like if they get any any type of four or five, um, okay. and then you you know how fun it would be if we get um, a Milwaukee Miami uh, first round. Just because I would take Milwaukee because I'm a lot more confident in them uh, than than I was the years past. But I mean, how how perfect would that be? Like, oh, you want to prove you're legit? Face your demons first round. <laughs> face the hey, type of defense that has your number the last year. If Miami ends with four and they get past the first round. They play the Sixers in the second round. Yeah, and the Sixers win in five. I don't know why you're making that funny-ass face. George, if all I'm going to say is George will shut his phone off if it's Heat-Bucks rematch. He just that, won't be on That's Twitter the worst for matchup the for them. Season. That is the absolute I, – I you, have, you, you have my seal of approval, George. The the, the, the Heat will get past if they play the Bucks. Bucks in six, but it still worries me. Um, so only way we can get our battle of New York now, um, just because it's looking like, uh, Brooklyn's going to get that two or three seed, uh, Knicks have to stay six and, and, uh, Nets have to lose their one game lead on the bucks. So it's not looking pretty, but it still is, uh, it still is in play. Yeah. Uh, anything else to add from this one? Nope. All right. So now on the George's look ahead, he finally remembered and he picked a pretty damn good game. Uh, Miami played the Celtics on Tuesday and, uh, beat up on them. 129, 121, uh, Let's see. Yeah, Kemba Walker, I want to mention this, 36 points. He's been playing really, really well. Um, so I will get the Josh for that. But, George, uh, what did you see in this one? Looks like um, Miami really took advantage in that uh, second quarter. And that the second and third quarter, they won by a combined uh, 12 points. Uh, Tyler Hero was looking like his bubble self where he would snarl every time he made a go-ahead <laughs> three. But uh, 24 on 10 of 15. Like, like I've said, their guards really raise their ceiling if they can get, go- get going scoring-wise, shooting-wise. Uh, Bam, he really was just having his way. You know, Boston doesn't have really any interior presence. Tristan Thompson isn't scaring it. Anybody, especially Bam at a bio. Celtics here, uh, they're gonna, they're not looking great, especially with the loss of Jalen Brown. We're gonna get to later. Uh, outside of Kemba, I mean, great game from Tatum, but not many other contributors. Especially their their bench scoring has completely fallen off now, and now that other guys are gonna have to step up, I I don't see much coming from their bench and I don't even know if they even make it to the playoffs honestly you know it depends who they plan to play in but Miami their offense in the last few games has been a lot lot better more consistent again 
because of the guard play. So if they can sustain that, I mean, you know, you you have them being a second round exit. They make a matchup with Philly potentially interesting. I would probably end up going with Philly, even though I, I think it could be uh, competitive. But yeah, they've been looking a lot better. Jimmy Butler looks like he's ready to go on another deep playoff run. So we'll see what happens. Uh, Jimmy Butler only 17 minutes this game. Uh, I'm not seeing anything that um, shows me worried about him getting injured, but um, I do believe he missed a little bit of time in the middle of the game. Do you know anything about uh, Jimmy uh, and his so, oh, minutes? Whoops. Oh, my God. <laughs> Dude, I did, anyways, uh, he got poked in the eye, so I don't, think any, I don't think it's anything serious. He got, like, poked in the eye and left the game, so I don't think it was anything serious. Okay, good. Um, uh, Josh, cover us for the uh, Celtics point of view. Uh, Celtics point of view, I mean, if you want to get to the Kemba Walker talk, I think we talked about it a few weeks ago, kind of in group chats where we think, okay, we need Kemba to score 15 to 20 and just be somewhat efficient and that's good enough. With the loss of Jalen Brown, I think he needs to be that number two guy with what Jalen Brown was for Tatum, where they both need to drop 25 plus just to even be in, in a game. They did it tonight and lost so um it it's scary, it's scary hours for self for the celtics right now it's yeah the scary. Bintown boys are not looking good um i mean evan fournier 20 points but it's a lot better as a starter uh, than a bench player for these boston celtics but their bench uh scores five six seven and two um and they toss semi ogile two minutes uh for for you know shigs and gigs but it's it. They're gonna line their starters, and one of their starters is Tristan Thompson. I don't think they're gonna have enough offense. We'll get to the long term uh, repercussions of the Jalen Brown injury, as far as like playing and where we see him ending and stuff. But they just don't have enough offense or defense now because Jalen Brown was their best two way player, and now it's not looking uh, the best. Uh, George, anything else you saw from your look at here? No, I mean basically that that steals the deal on uh you know any chance of the Celtics getting into the the playoffs they're going to have to stay in the play and now Miami can't be lower than a 6 so they got what they wanted here it was a big game and they played like uh something was on the line yeah i mean yeah we'll, we'll cover a lot more um in on the half report with Jalen Brown's injury and then we also covered a lot of the heat stuff uh, they're playing very good on offense recently and they haven't even gotten Ola Depot back uh but i mean yeah Miami Miami peaking at the right time here and they're in a very similar situation the four or five seed everyone's doubting them their defense is clicking they're getting injured players back it it's going to be tough to fill out those playoff brackets just because miami's going to break a lot of them uh time for my look ahead uh wizard talks i had it strictly because russ westbrook was looking like he was going to make history spoiler alert he did but it was also a pretty good game uh it was I had this opinion that I've been watching everyone. I guess everyone has been reading my mind. The most Ru- Russell Westbrook game like you could ever imagine. Breaks the triple-double record. Wills his team back in the fourth quarter. I believe, uh, yeah, they outscore Atlanta by 16 in the fourth quarter and still lose by one. Uh, they get that defensive stop. Russell setting everyone up. Then he comes down. They're down by one, and he just chucks up a three for no reason. And he bricks it because it's Russell Westbrook. It's just the most perfect. Re- it's like when Kobe took the most shots ever in a game in his last game. He, it, he, it's just, it's a perfect storybook ending. And Russell Westbrook's career isn't over by any means, but it was perfect for Russell Westbrook game. Other than that, saw a lot that I liked from Trey Young. Uh, 36 here on a 50% shooting. He's being a lot more selective. You know, he's one for seven from three here, which I don't like. But what I do like is only seven attempts because, you know, early in the year, he'd be like, oh, I'm Steph Curry. I steal everything about him. I'm going to foul out and do this, do that. And he just starts hucking up these threes and he goes one for 14. 
And you can't have that if you're a point guard when you have such a gifted passing ability. And you got guys like Bogdanovich, John Collins, and Clint Capella that are is getting 22 boards for you. So I think him running the offense is looking really, really well. Um, anything else from Atlanta you guys saw here before we get to just uh, a lot of Russ praise? I know Nowakowski's looking sick already, but uh, Josh, anything else to add here for the Hawks? Good game from the Hawks. I really, uh, you know, I, I, I do agree with the Trey Young. I do like that it was only seven three-point attempts. And, uh, yeah, only person to out-rebound uh, Russell Westbrook was Clint Capella, and he that is – that is a man among boys when he get, goes up for rebounds. <laughs> <laughs> uh, George. I mean, yeah, Russell Westbrook making history. I It's absolutely been phenomenal to watch, especially just the past, the past like four or five years ever since Katie left. I mean, he's just been a man on a mission and incredible motor. The way he plays, it's just, you know, I, I call it one of one, even though you, you can't really say that, I guess, because Russell Westbrook is the guy he's been. I mean, sorry, Oscar Robertson's the guy he's been chasing his whole career. But I mean, just his motor, the way he plays. I don't know if something like this can be, you know, replicated. I don't know if he can get past if he can stay healthy and not have, you know, much of a decline in, in the next few years and get, you know, well over the mid 200s. I yeah, so I want to – where do you guys have him finishing as far as triple doubles go? Because he doesn't need to be slowing down. He has at least one of these years left. One um. And he, he got, I believe, it was his 38th of the year in a 72-game season, and they probably played 69 of them so far. Uh, but, I mean, he's definitely getting 250, right? Is he going to be able to push three? Is there a way he can push three? Well, I mean, you figure if he's got like three or four – if he has four seasons left, he could get 30. 30 <sighs> see, by that third or fourth season well, – so in, in his last six weeks, he's gotten 11% of his triple doubles. Six weeks. Like, he just goes on tears like this, and I believe what – Okay, let's see. Eleven percent of a hundred and of eighteen. It, and can we talk uh, about how his triple doubles it, lead to wins? It's not stat padding. They get. Wins. I have it right here. Record when he gets triple double all time. Uh, one hundred and thirty six and forty five. He wins every every time he gets a triple double. Is that like seventy five percent of the games? Seventy five percent. Yeah. Is every that, time. Wait, wait, is, that reg- is that regular season and playoffs? Oh, I wouldn't know. Um, I don't know for sure. It's coming to us from MJSLBJ. Okay, um, I was just wondering. I was just wondering. Just curious. It's. Do they do they count um, his triple doubles in the playoffs as far as like his 182? I don't believe. I so. couldn't tell you. I don't then know. Then it's whatever because that equals 100. Uh, yeah, 181. Uh, this is before his, his game, so I guess it is 136 and 46 uh, because he lost that game. But yeah, do you get? Do you guys see him pushing 300 or is he? he I say it's like two like 270. I it just it all yeah. depends on if he if he slows down in health because like 30 a season if if we do stay at 82. Isn't anything crazy? I mean, it is crazy, but, but for his standards, it's not completely crazy. But yeah, I think he gets over the 250 threshold at, at the very least. So yeah, he recorded one in 22 of his last 26 games, and he's averaged one for the past four of the five seasons. And if you uh, take his stats from the last five seasons, it's averaging a triple double. He said that down here with the Rockets, where like his stats weren't looking the best. And then just to defend him even more, because I feel like I have to. Um, I, these assists were necessary. Like Davis Bertans was like hitting a bunch of threes, and I needed threes. And Russ was smart enough to know I'm not a three point shooter. So he was feeding Bertans every single time. Bertans had some crazy shots. Like these, he, I think he banked into three one of these times. It was it was very impressive. He did bank uh, the three there when they were going. Yeah. They went on a 19 one run to even get them mm-hmm. back in the game. And Russ was, you know, it it does help them win games because you know he grabs the board and he's running downhill and he's got floor spaces around him to pass the ball. Guys rim running like Gafford. 
I mean, it, it unloads their offense. So that's why so many times in, even in OKC, like Adams would let him get the board. He'd run down and, you know, PG or even like, and he wasn't getting as many with KD, but just other guys like Depot and Sabonis when they were there, it helped him open up the offense. So Josh, as a guy who's not the biggest Russ guy, do you believe in he's a stat pattern? Like, do you believe in that? narrative? No, no, no. I don't believe I, I haven't believed in that narrative of being a stat pattern. It's just, I don't, I, and I think we kind of all agree. I don't think he can be a number one guy on a championship team. Number, I don't know if he can be a number two where he's at in his career. I think he can be a number three guy and win a championship. Uh, Number two, I'm oh, I can debate that, and I'm okay with giving giving in and saying sure he can. Um, but no, I don't believe in the stat padding narrative. Um, I I think I did early on, but like the last few years, especially this year in Washington, it really it's not stat padding; it's finding open teammates and making great plays is what he's been doing. Yeah, if they were like you know 15, 10, and ten, like then you could be like, okay, yeah, maybe he's looked at that last assist. Like he had twenty eight, thirteen, and twenty one assists this game. And he, a lot of these games, yeah, in the month of May, he he's averaging like eighteen assists. Like you yeah. don't want to stat pat that. So I I agree with you there. And then yeah, I think he has the talent of a number two still, but just his play style doesn't mesh well. Uh, that's why I don't think I'll see him winning too. He, he's the biggest. He's one of the yeah. I'd, I'd say he's a top five floor raiser in, in the NBA just because he'll get you to the playoffs and he's proving that yeah. this year, but he's very tough to make work as far as like winning championships. And that's where I draw the line there, even as the, a big Russ guy. Exactly. And he, I mean, he had Bradley Beal this year and you know, they're, they're fighting in the East and that's not all Russ's fault. It's, I mean, uh, Washington's dealt with injuries to some guys and, you know, um, you know, the, uh, Denny Advia, he was a he took a while to get going for them. So, um, I don't hold Russ accountable for that. Um, I I understand where the stat padding came from when he was in Oklahoma City, though, because mm-hmm. there were times where he was like shoving Nick Collison out of the way to grab a rebound. Like there were a few times he would do something kind of like, okay, man, like calm there down. was that one game I think it was against Phoenix where like he, yeah they're up by like tw- nine or they're 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 up or down by like nineteen. He was like looking for an assist. He was like right there and. Like it, it, it was embarrassing as a big Russ supporter, uh, but those days are long gone. Exactly. I, I, yeah, I dropped that stat padding when you, when he dropped, I mean, it's not like he's barely getting triple doubles. He is getting a ton of triple doubles, like by five, by five, 10 rebounds, you know, over the threshold. And I'm pretty sure I heard it today on the radio. I'm pretty sure he leads the NBA in being one away from triple doubles this year with like another 19. 19 times he's been one assist or one rebound away from another triple-double. Yeah, he also leads in the NBA in assists, and he's fifth in rebounding. So that yeah. that's Russell Westbrook for you. Uh, moving on, uh, we are going to ta- uh, tackle the Warriors uh, back-to-back wins. So they beat the Jazz 116-119 on Monday, and then they turn right around and they beat Phoenix uh, 122-116. Uh, so I, I want to start with Utah. Uh, they were missing a f- uh, their backcourt as usual, but – not really an excuse uh, as Curry is missing, you know, Wiseman and Clay if you want to get technical. Uh, Clarkson, 41 off the bench, Curry, 36. I'll start with George on this one. Yeah, I'm going to give some flowers here to a not-so-usual suspect. Uh, Andrew Wiggins, over his, like, last 30 games, 20 points per game on a 
Wait till you see what he did next game against the Suns. <laughs> His stat line. He, he's been playing pretty good defense. He's definitely been their third most consistent guy out of uh, Steph and Dre. And I, I've been kind of harping on they need more consistency out of other guys because some nights Steph goes for 45-50 and they're still losing games because no one else can put you know the ball in the basket. Even Draymond, there, there's literally stats out there. He puts over 10 points in a game. Their chances of winning skyrocket. So... Uh, they've looked they've looked impressive in these last two games. I mean, they're playing the one and two seeds. One of them are obviously harped with injuries, but especially this game, uh, they fought back. They weathered the storm against uh, Phoenix for sure. And yeah, Steph Wiggins. I mean, they they were great down the stretch. One thing I like that they did was they really controlled. Um, excuse me, uh, Bogdan uh, in the fourth quarter. I believe he was like nine for fifteen. Uh, twenty five points ended with twenty seven points. Nine for twenty one. Uh, so they really did try and, you know, they um, they uh, really figure out how to guard him in that one. And then they kind of just, you know, Clarkson 41, but it took him 33 shots to get there. Their defense was decent, uh, and it only has to be defense, decent if their offense is going to be like that. Like I said, Curry, uh, 36, Dream on 12 and 10. And like you said, Wiggins has been stepping up. Uh, Josh, what would you see from this game? Well, so I'm going to talk kind of about Steph in both games. For this game against Utah, to see him drop 36 when he shot three of 13 from three, I mean, he was he was finding other ways to score, which is something I, I think is really important to Steph's game is not relying so much on the three ball. This game against, against Utah, against, you know, taller, bigger guys, he was finding other ways to score, getting in the paint, getting other uh, players involved as well with uh, six assists. So... It was it was good to see the Warriors win a game where Steph didn't shoot particularly well from three. Yeah, um, and then yeah, just he I, I always knew he's good at driving the ball because he always has those nifty little layups. Uh, yeah. Rudy Gobert zero blocks by the way in this game, which hurts me to say. Uh, but Steph's a little taking middies, which was very very interesting. I was like Steph's yeah. taking middies, interesting. Uh, moving on to uh, the next game, so they beat the Suns one twenty two one sixteen. Booker thirty four, Chris Paul ten assists. Wiggins, uh, 38, like George mentioned, really has been stepping it up. Um, Golden State outscores them by 12 in the fourth quarter, which is another thing. Like, I mean, talk, Suns just kind of either come out asleep or they fall asleep during the game. I don't know if they're just not motivated. I don't know if they think they're entitled because they are the second seed, but they have a lot to prove still, and that might, might be showing how young they are. Uh, I'll start with you, Nowakowski. Uh, yeah, so this is where Wiggins impressed me. Steph Curry, four points in the first half. The first half, they weathered the storm from Phoenix with, by not getting down by too much and really just staying in the game with Steph only having four points in the first half. Um, and, yeah, this was Andrew Wiggins, 17 of 24, you know, the 30, 38 points. Um, and then Steph found his shot, again, one of 11 from three, though. So you take his last two games combined, he's hit four for 24 from three. So, I mean – which is it's, not Steph Curry. <laughs> exactly. That's something I do not want to see consistently from Steph. Like, I don't want to see him finding other ways. Like, of course, I want to f- see him find other ways to score, but I want him to have his three ball as well going. So, yeah. um, so hopefully that this is just a little three-point skid for Steph. Um, a little hiccup. <laughs> yeah, a little hiccup. But, um, yeah, Golden State really just – they uh, never got too far behind from Phoenix. And then um, – Second half, they just took advantage of Phoenix slowing down. Um, I don't know what happened with Phoenix in that fourth quarter. I, I honestly don't. 
<laughs> well, m- maybe George does. By the way, Drew, Jordan Poole in both these games, 20 points. So he may be kind of a style. He's, he's, he's really been – a lot of people have been advocating for more playing time for him. But uh, interesting thing with the Warriors, 13-5 and five over their last 18. If they win their last two, they'll be 15-5. and five. And, you know, a, a thing with ramping up towards the playoffs, especially the last few weeks of the season, peaking at the right time. You mentioned it with Miami. I mean, if they're peaking at the right time, maybe they, they're they definitely going to be one of the top eight. Maybe they could upset the Lakers. I mean, who knows? And get that seven seed. But I think for sure, at the very least, they're going to be eight seed come playoff time. Yeah, I I just I kept getting upset with this game just because Michael Mulder's still getting playing time. He's Nobody not good. Like, Nobody He's like two him. for 10 from the field, one for seven from three. I'm not even a Warriors fan, but I just knew these guys didn't like him. I'm like, okay, I'll give him. Let's see what he does. Just clank, 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 clank. Jordan Poole got less minutes than him by only, I think it was what? 20 seconds, uh, but yeah. Wait, I, I do have one more thing to add here. I do have one more thing to add. What do you have This loss is not on Jay Crowder. He he played good tonight. He played well tonight. He had you're, either getting, you're either getting 40% shooting from three Jay Crowder or 27%, no in between. Well, no, what, I, I, what about more? He had 60. But, but, this is, but this is a game where Jay shot 60% from three, so. Every shot he took was a three-pointer. It uh, was. <laughs> Yeah, Chris Paul, then Booker came through. Everyone else besides Jay Crowder. Uh, actually, I mean, no, they just couldn't keep up with the Warriors' offense. I'm keeping it real. Uh, everyone else shot a pretty decent percentage. Worst one was Mikel Bridges, 37%. Only took eight shots, though. Yeah. I mean, they, they their defense is just lacking here. They let the Warriors get going late. Um, yeah. Are you guys uh, buying Golden State in the play-in here? Um, they're going to make it. Absolutely. Uh, I'll, I'll, I buy them making the eighth seed. But you buy them making the eighth seed? I buy them making the eight seed, and we can have a talk about the one eight matchup after what they did to Utah and Phoenix. <laughs> I don't know if they can sustain it for a series. Yeah, two and one, against, two and one against the Jazz this year. Just uh, FYI. Yeah. yeah, well, yeah, they got these back back wins against the first, second seed, which, if you're counting counting along at home on the standings, will be their opponent if they do make the playoffs. All I'm gonna say is I don't know if the Jazz and Suns want to play who might end up at seven and eight. I, I don't uh, know if I don't know if Gobert wants to be on the floor with Steph. I mean, they've been drop they've been dropping games. Nelly Casca brought this up before uh, you got in because you were doing your hair or something. Uh, who wins in a seven eight matchup, Blazers or Warriors? I take the Warriors. Blazers defense. I take the Warriors too. Okay, so we all have the Warriors in that. Be, okay, because so. I and you hit on the nose there. I think the Warriors show at least a sliver of defensive effort. You know, with Montez Conor Anderson and Draymond Green, obviously Kevon Looney. If I, I hate Kevon Looney, but he, War, yeah, he's Warriors, a big guy. Warriors lineups have a lot of politics centered around it, just because Steve Kerr kind of messes around with his rotations. But in a playoff, like in a you know elimination type game, they're going with the lineups that are going to work. Well, Curry take thirty threes in that play-in game. Probably, and I mean, if you even look back, like when the Lakers played the Blazers a few games ago, I mean, no Dennis, like no THT, Caruso was the only ball handler. AD was just getting back to AD. They lost by five. Like their defense wasn't cutting it. Okay, so well, I, I don't want I don't want Portland slander. They're eight and two in their last ten on a four game win streak. I'm I don't saying, want I any Mickey Mouse wins defense for the Blazers. I think so, the defense is the Achilles heel in a playing game. I okay, so I will agree with that. But so also, I think right now. Um, I do. I trust Steph. You said it, Lehman. Trust Steph over Dame. And then on top of that, right now, I trust Wiggins over McCollum. Okay. 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 All right. This might be your last pod wait, podcast wait, no, for no, no. I'm just like, look at Wiggins in his last two games. Look at what he's been doing the last month. Man, come on, bro. Wait. wait, wait. 
Wait, wait, okay. Wait, hang on. CJ McCollum had 28 last game, bro. Like, he's no scrub. Either, no, CJ, no, I'm not saying CJ's playing bad. I'm just saying, look at what Wiggins has done his last two games. Drop, he's dropped 30 bombs. His last, he, he's dropped, he dropped 38 tonight. I'm just saying, CJ hasn't had one of those crazy games. I he hasn't had it in a while, and I and he's and I know he's dealt with injury issues as well. I mean, 27 and 28 in his last two games. I mean, I maybe call it a wash if you want to. If if we're, if I don't want to have a debate with you, I don't think no, you can no, swing can, me. Wiggins I can call is more trustworthy. I can also say Wiggins. I'm Wiggins isn't a great defender, but McCollum isn't great on defense either, and. I, I just the way Wiggins is playing, it's looking up for him. McCollum's playing, he's been playing the same, like at the same level for me all year. It's 25, 27, 27, where Wiggins is okay, he's playing bad, he's playing bad. Now he's playing great basketball at that point. I mean, well, we'll, we'll see. Uh, moving on, uh, we're going to talk about the Grizzlies a little bit here. They had two pretty impressive wins, beat the Pelicans 110, uh, 115. Uh, not much touch on that game. Pelicans and a lot of guys, but 19 blocks for the Grizzlies uh, ties a franchise record. Slow mo Kyle Anderson getting in on the fun four blocks there. Uh, that Val- Valanciunas had five blocks. Just great defense from the Grizzlies and continue their defensive game uh, game plan. Beat the Mavericks 133-104. Uh, no Porzingis, but I mean that's the new Mavericks team. Uh, kept Luca in check. Um, Luca had here, let me pull it up, four for 16 from the field, only 12 points, five rebounds, five assists. So they even stopped him from getting the ball moving because uh, normally I've seen Luke hit the ball in the basket. He has 20 assists. Uh, they really figured out Porzingis because Valanciunas has his number. Porzingis doesn't play, and they figure out Luca with Dylan Brooks on him. Uh, George, what a what did you, you see from this one? Not much to add from this game specifically, but I want to talk about John Morant's year. Uh, a lot of people were kind of, you know, saying he was having an underwhelming year. He wasn't as great, but I mean, they were the eighth seed all year without his second best co-star in uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. And I mean, he sets the tone for that team. He really gets their offense going, and also just, you know, Memphis has kind of crushed it with their, uh, you know, their drafting, their scouting guys like Desmond Bain, Xavier Tillman, Slow Mo. You know, drafting Jaw and JJJ, bringing well, Slomo was a spur. If you remember that, it was a while ago. Oh wow, yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, they have a few other guys they drafted that I'm kind yeah, of everyone on this team that seems that it's under 25 and they drafted. Yeah, Taylor Jenkins, pretty underrated coach. Not many people talk about him as one of the more solid guys, but yeah, they 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 have a really decent defense. That you know, guy like Luca four for 16. I know sometimes he's not the most efficient guy, but I mean. Their biggest thing, I guess, is health necessarily, and they're not going to attract any big free agents. So, I mean, as this team gets uh, more playing reps under each other, I feel like, you know, three, four years down the line, they can be. Well, do you, th- I-, I look at them like the, uh, like the Nuggets when they got like Paul Millsap. Mm. I think they're a guy like Paul Millsap away from like, like a savvy from- veteran to kind of yeah. turn their corner. And I don't know if I have one in mind, um, but I mean, Maybe they pick up like a, like a swingman like that. They need like a. Hmm. I was gonna say Jay Crowder, but they had Jay Crowder, <laughs> <laughs> and he yeah, was not happy there. <laughs> I can't really think, but yeah, I mean, they've had kind of just an underwhelming year. I mean, you know, the West has the the, the big greats, but they're kind of there. They've been a lot better than the Pelicans, even though the Pelicans get more like the media hype. But oh, yeah, the, I mean, I I might say you know I would trust the Grizzlies' future more than I trust 
the Pelicans. I definitely do because they have the coach figured out too, and they've yeah. proven they can draft well. Pelicans I think, have all those picks. I don't know if they're they're going to pan out. Who the hell knows? I mean, the like, ceiling the ceiling of the Pelicans is higher. They just have a lot of question marks to figure out. Their their front office is sketchy. What, Josh? I was just going to say that they might be losing Lonzo Ball this offseason too. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Josh, either this game or just uh, Grizzlies uh, Memphis big picture. Uh, Chris Memphis, uh, Grizzlies, Mavericks, big picture. I will say if they meet in a seven, eight spot, because anything can happen that, that playing as far as uh, seating wise goes, yeah. um, I would take the Grizzlies uh, in almost a heartbeat because it, they, I think they're two and one against Ma- the Mavericks this year. And they only got that one loss because Luca hit that crazy shot. So yeah. I, I think Memphis has uh, Dallas's number, honestly, Josh. Yeah, I would agree with that. Oh, didn't mean to piss y'all off with the with the Wiggins over McCollum. It's, I know it's a hot take. I know it's hot, but I'm just that's how I'm feeling right now. I'm feeling Wiggins right now. Anyway, you're on Wiggins Island right now. You bought steak. I am. You, I'm on Wiggins you, Island. It's everyone awesome. who buys steak at Wiggins Island regrets it. It's like a timeshare. <laughs> no one, no one. It doesn't age well. We'll but. see. We'll see. We'll see. But anyways, I mean, Grizzlies playing good. Dylan Brooks better be in an all defensive team, or I, I mean. We gonna rage. Okay. We gonna rage. Much lobbying for Dylan Brooks to make a defensive team, but sure. Locked Luca. That's why you listen to TH Hoopers, the deep cuts. That's right. Yeah. No one. No one else talks about Dylan Brooks. You don't hear Colin Calvert talk. A lot of people, lot of people hate him because he's kind of a pest. But yeah, I mean, he fits the archetype of who, who you want to be on a second all team defense. And I mean, I don't have the past games, but he is. He's had very good games against very quality players. Luca tonight was one example. Um, but the Grizzlies, I, yeah, I really like, they, they've dealt with so many injuries, you know, JJJ being the big one. Um, but you know, getting him back in, you know, I know they're managing his injuries. So how much he's going to be playing, if he's going to be doing back to backs in the playoffs, we don't really know what it's going to look like for him. Um, but I do like the Grizzlies, what they've been doing, and I do like them in the play-in. They're one of the teams I really like if they if they're um, the nine ten. I like them in the first matchup, and then depending who they draw in the second matchup, it'll be a good game. <laughs> All right, George. Anything else to add here? Well, it's time for your halftime, so we have something to add. It's a halftime report for two reasons: half of the show, and George is the half hooper. Uh, now that we have three here. Uh, so, George, take it away here. I know we have some depressing news to start, though. Yeah, I'm going to start with uh, a quick one here, and then we'll get into the uh, bigger topics. Uh, so, Utah is going to be missing Donovan Mitchell and Mike Conley for their last three regular season games. Mitchell was reevaluated on Tuesday. Uh, he sustained a high ankle sprain, or just sorry, a sprained ankle. Let's not spread misinformation here. <laughs> April 16th, he makes progress towards a return, but he will be out for the last three contests. So, I want to ask if you guys are concerned because they've dropped a few games here, and especially with an ankle sprain, the biggest thing is ramping up and making sure like you trust the ankle to cut, jump, all that stuff. So, are you concerned with uh, Mitchell's health, and then overall with the Jazz, you know, relying on having the continuity with their backcourt uh, going into the playoffs? So, I'll start with you, Lehman. Um, I mean, yeah, we talked about this the last part of Paul before. I'm not a doctor, so all I can do is just trust that hopefully Mitchell can get back to fully healthy. Um, I, I We need him fully healthy if we're going to see an actually good playoffs because unle- uh, if he's not healthy, I think uh, that 7 or 8 seed, whether it's the Lakers, Mavericks, Blazers, or Warriors, might upset the number one seed. Any of those four, wow. We might see a We Believe Warriors part two if they get the eight seed and there's no Mitchell. Uh, but fingers crossed uh, that he is playing. 
Um, as far as continuity goes, I think they're kind of a plug-and-play squad. Um, and I think Mitchell and Conley just raised their ceiling ten, uh, tenfold. Um, I, they definitely rely on Mitchell to kind of be that guy, but Bogdan's kind of stepped into his role in the offense, not as like a, like if he had forty eight, but he's no he's no spite of Mitchell, but he plays that role for them. So he'll just slide back, Mitchell will slide into the forefront, he'll get them forty a night on the playoffs. But I do want to bring up one fact: there hasn't been a team uh, going to the playoffs this year, especially in the West. Um, probably in the East as well, unless you want to give Milwaukee a little bit, although they missed Giannis for a little bit, that has been fully healthy all year. And yeah, the Suns, that, um, besides the Suns, I would say, the Suns have missed a few games, like with Jay Crowder and stuff, but CP3, since going vegan, is a, an Iron Man. Weird, because usually he's the one to be missing. A exactly. Booker, uh, who's normally pretty solid, has been solid this year too. And then even Aiton, who's a big guy, seven footer, you normally get some lagging injuries when you're a seven footer. Nothing. He's been solid. So I think that's one advantage the Suns have. Um, although I'm not high on, on them going in the playoffs, but yeah, I just want to bring that little fact up that they're the Suns are the only team really that are have had not too many injury bugs. I know if there's a Suns fan listening, oh Sarich missed a handful here, Jay Crowder here, but the stars, every team has missed their stars for a while, for a little bit at least. So before I get to Josh, uh oh, <laughs> George went uh oh. He said before he, what do you think he's gonna say? I have no idea. Well, I have no clue. Why don't you? We're not gonna do the before, before we get to Josh. We're gonna get to Josh. Uh, what are your thoughts on uh, the Jazz kind of missing these their backcourt for the last three games? Yeah. So with Mitchell. The only thing, like, I I know he's still Donovan Mitchell. He's still going to be that dude. Um, but it's just going to be, um, like, those first few games back because he's going to miss – it seems like he's missing the rest of the regular season. And then, you know, he's probably going to come back for game one. But how, how good is Mitchell going to be? Because he hasn't dealt with an injury this long in his career before. So mm-hmm. there is, like – I guess a tiny bit of concern where I'm like, okay, how many games is it going to take him to get back into shape? My guess is two to three games. He's a young guy. Yeah. Yeah. He's a young guy. I say two. I say that first game is probably going to be a sloppy stat line for him. Um, But if those guys who have been stepping up, continue to step up Jordan Clarkson, if he can step up and be the sixth man that he's been all year. um, I'm not too worried about Utah, like continuity wise. Um, it, it also just depends on who they pull, too, because they could get some really unfavorable matchups. Yeah, I mean, worst case scenario, they play any team besides the Golden State Warriors, um, either the Mavericks or the Lakers or the Blazers. Like, that, that that's a tough out. Like, yeah, defending champs and then either Luka or Dame Lillard. And then, oh, yeah, Steph Curry. So they, yeah. they will probably drop that first game just because the West playoffs are going to be an absolute – uh, show, but yeah. yeah, I don't know. I would say w- with the Blazers, I I feel like I would favor Utah in that matchup in that sense. Um, a little. I would I would favor Utah over the, over against- the other matchups that you're giving me. Yeah, over those, uh, over those, over Steph, LeBron, and AD, or or Mitchell, or Dame. Mm-hmm. I think Dame's just like he's the odd man out, which sounds weird to say. Like, and also you trust Wiggins more than CJ McCollum, so no, the Blazers oh are the odd team God. out. Oh uh, George, God. what were your final thoughts on here? We kind of we kind of oh, yeah. took all the all the, with the Jazz. I kind of I kind of like to call them the swap meet Spurs, just the way they pass the ball and play with the camaraderie and how they're always, you know, they're kind of just on one loop on the team. So I'm not as worried there because 
you integrate Mitchell and Conley, and I feel like they'll still have that same chemistry. They they do have the uh, advantage of the fact that they played so many games together while they were the one seed. So I feel like it's not as bad. You know, they didn't really integrate much more pieces, you know, since those guys have been out. So I think they're okay. Uh, last question I'll ask you here. Do you think more teams get away with it this season uh, with, like, the lack of continuity since so many other teams are going through the same issues, Lehman? Um, I don't think they get away with it if they uh, don't have continuity because they'll still lose games. I think there's a big advantage if you do have continuity, though, okay. quickly coming back. Because, like, we saw with the Hawks, like, they, they clicked instantly when they got, like, bogey back and like all those guys and they it paid dividends yeah uh, but i still think you'll i don't think you'll get let off the hook um, okay. if you don't have right. continuity so uh next topic here very very devastating news uh when we saw this jalen brown will be missing the rest of the year torn ligament in his left wrist uh some things i want to go over with him he was having a career year set career highs in points assists steals blocks field goal three point and free throw percentage, literally every improvable category he improved in, made the all-star team, had 11 games with at least 30 points, and only had eight in his last four years combined. So uh, thoughts here, I don't, uh, you know, I don't like speculating on like, you know, what's going to happen to the Celtics, but obviously their, their ceiling took a massive hit. I don't think they get out of the play-in, but uh, thoughts here, Nokowski, I'll start with you. I mean, me and Lehman mentioned it, we both, don't have the Celtics getting out of the play and actually like it's, and it's just an unfair. If Brown's there, I think it's a different story. I think they For have, sure. I think they would get out of the play in. Um, and it's not like, it's not like, Oh, I, it's not, it, I don't trust Kemba Walker. It's not any of that. It's just like, you just lost your second best and most in second, your second best and um, second. Oh, I can't think of the word. Second most um, reliable, reliable, yeah, reliable score on your team. So it's just an unfortunate blow for Boston. Um, even if they did get out of the play, and I don't know how far they'd go, they they need a center. Like they 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 would they would love an Andre Drummond on their team. Which they'll get him this offseason. They'll get him this. Off yeah, th- yeah, they'll they'll have a chance to get him because we we want to keep Trez here. Better late than never, Ainge. Uh, yeah, so I mean, I I think e- even if they got out of the play, and I didn't see, I didn't know how far they were gonna go. So, yeah, Lehman, let, let's have you end this off here because I know you and I were pretty crushed when we saw the news. So, uh, what are your thoughts here? Uh, I mean, I I know even you, the most diehard Laker fan. I'm a Laker fan. I've become more unbiased. You still have, you know, your your undying hatred for the Clippers and Celtics, but you were crushed. I was crushed. I was because just their ceiling is so high with Jalen Brown. I could talk myself into them upsetting a team. Like even if they have a, a low seed, if they have Jalen Brown, just because they have Tatum and Brown who could each drop 50 on a given night. And it just sucks because, you know, now I don't see them making out of the play in tournament. Uh, I don't, I, th- they're definitely going to lose. Um, to, I mean, they're lucky because the East playing tournament is a lot less uh, crazy than the West playing tournament. But I mean, we got uh, who would who would they play? They're gonna get to play They'll play Charlotte, and Charlotte's without Gordon Hayward. But I could just see Boston laying laying an egg there and just not playing well. And then you play the Wizards in a in a winner go home situation. I'm not taking them over Russ and Bradley Beal. So it it's just it's devastating. Um, and I, and we'll see you next year. <laughs> Yeah, will you fall off the face of the earth if the Pacers somehow upset the Wizards? I I will be upset, but 
it's still a win. They but it's a big still Sabonis. Guy. It's still Sabonis. But I, I don't, I don't see what happens. I'll, I'll play some fun bet with you on, on that because I definitely have the Wizards. But no, I, I mean, it, it would not be. I, I've mentioned this numerous times. It's very, very. It's like picking your favorite child, and the Wizards have one. They're my favorite child <laughs> over the Pacers. So, but yeah, uh, Lehman, your point. Anytime you have two versatile. Uh, three and D wings basically your ceiling is pretty damn high you know in the NBA and especially in that playing atmosphere relying on those two guys would probably be your safest bet so uh hopefully next season they can fix up the roster a little bit get those guys back healthy and have a uh, pretty pretty deep run next season because you know I guess it's fun when the Celtics go deep not really for me but for NBA media and uh, everyone alike so last topic here uh Russell Westbrook made history, obviously, 182 triple doubles, broke a 50-year-old record. So I want to ask you two, what's the most unbreakable NBA record ever? I'll start with Lehman here. Nowakowski has a lot in his bag. So Lehman, let's see what you got. Well, I I'll take the I'll take the the niche ones and then I'll let Nowakowski run the table as far as like actual ones. Uh fastest foul out, uh two minutes forty-three seconds, Bubba Wells. Um I it, it so how it started was in 1997. Um, they didn't mention this in the uh, Last Dance documentary, but they were playing the Bulls and they were trying to stop uh, the high-powered uh, Bulls offense. So they just told Bubba Wells to hack a shack Dennis Rodman, um, and he fouled him six times um, on average. That's 27 seconds. Um, every 27 seconds he fouled him, and despite Rodman being a 55% free throw shooter, uh, he made a career-high nine free throws that uh, of the 12 feet when he was fouled. So that was a little fun one. I don't see how that one will be broken because it was specifically game planned that he would foul him. And he also like 27 seconds. That's like fouling them right away. It's crazy. Um, and then on another note, I don't see a way um, that, where is it? It's somewhere here. Oh yeah. The single game free, uh, single season free throw percentage, Jose Calderon, uh, 98.1. I don't know uh, which, um, like what's the main the minimum free throws you have to attempt? Because I do it's know five. I do know. Um, dang, what game was I watching? Someone's shooting a hundred percent this year, and it's not a scrub. Wasn't um, it? Wasn't it? Uh, Seth. Seth Curry. Seth missed a free throw actually. Oh. Um, let me see. I was watching it yesterday. Um, I don't know. I I cannot find it. Isn't it Tony Snell? Tony Snell is shooting, but he has like I think only like twenty of them. Um, okay. but yeah, it was like 98.1% from the stripe. I think they did like a sports science on it. It like breaks like, like the sports science. Like we don't know how it does it. Cause I guess it's like a mental thing. Like you're not supposed to make anything more than like 92% of your free throws because it's just like a mental thing. I don't know. Sports science said it, not me. They did the whole, I mean, they did the whole Kevin Love thing with the breaking the laws of like physics here in psychology. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't see how that one gets broken unless maybe it is on the pace of getting broken. But like I said, it's not supposed to be broken. And then one serious one, uh, Scott Skiles, 30 assists in a game. Ooh. People get close. And that's why I th- like, people, I don't know, man. I'm in, I'm in the minority could. here. I think it could. And I know you think it could because like, uh, like, yeah, if you're Steph Curry, you got a lob thread and Wiseman, you got clay on the wing. Like Grab you got Wiggins shoot, shooting like this. Like you could probably pick up 31 assists. But so many people have gotten close to Scooter Skiles' record, but they can't do it. I think the most in this era is uh, Rajon Rondo with 24 with, with the Pelicans. And, like, th- it seems like those last five assists are the toughies. 
uh, be, just because, I mean, maybe you go to overtime, but there's a reason it hasn't been broken, and there's a reason it hasn't really been close um, recently. It, it's tough to get those last five, it would seem. All right. Well, uh, I'll take it here because I know I, Josh, I, I have no idea what you have. So I'm going to knock some out here and let you take the floor. But uh, one of them, I don't even believe this stat, but, you know, everything that came from Wilt Chamberlain in 1962 was, you know, fake apparently. Uh, he averaged 48 and a half minutes per game. <laughs> that, I might bet like my a second mortgage on my house that will never be broken because I don't think I don't think anyone's going to sell your house. You don't get to bet your mortgage. <laughs> Um, but yeah, and then you know some of the some of the other ones that a lot of people have said. Thirty three win streak that the uh, Lakers set back in I, I forget 72. what seventy two. Thank you. This is why uh, you're the host here. Another one, Stockton's assist record. I mean, it's what like fifteen thousand, and the most fifteen thousand six hundred active guys right now are barely even at like twelve who have like two years left. So I don't think that one gets touched. But uh, yeah, those are mine. Josh, please enlighten me. I want to hear the freakiest of stats that nobody's Okay, heard. I don't know how none of y'all mentioned this because the way the NBA works today, no one's getting no one is getting within 500 games of this record. Well, let's hear it. AC Green, 1192 consecutive oh, Iron Man. Iron Man, of course. No one is touching that record ever. Of course. Uh, Wilt Chamberlain, most rebounds in a game, 55. No, what? <laughs> um, that's if your man Andre Drummond will get close. <laughs> no, not even, not even this, the stat pattern. Russell Westbrook can get that. I hey, that it was a joke, it was a joke, guys. Don't it was in quotations for the audio people, but that one guy that watched on YouTube, he saw you. Don't worry, <laughs> it's me. I went, no, I'm kidding. Um, so th those are kind of like the weird, outlandish ones. There was one. Okay, this one, I don't know what you guys think. More than one quadruple double in a career. No one's done it. Everyone's gotten one. No one's done it twice. <sighs> Interesting. Now, you guys think it's someone obvious, like a, like a Luca? I think, a, I, think, I, think, I think I could get broken. Luca is not getting 10 steals. I'm sorry. Or, yeah, I don't know if Luca can get 10. Now, Draymond could have done it if he didn't decide to score four points when he got a triple double back in whatever it was, 2018, 2017. Yeah, I think yeah. I think a quad dub will get broken. I, I think Russ so can get a quad dub. So you think someone can get two in a career? Yeah. Okay. Who is oh, yeah. it? Because I don't. It might it might not even be anyone we, we know right now. It could happen twenty five years from now. But you I think, think he's playing. Go. You think he's playing AAU ball right now? He's is playing. It? He's playing my park as like a twelve year old right now. And like, and also, I mean, I I know that, that we'll get Lover Boy here, but like, maybe Lamelo. Maybe he gets bored. <sighs> The steals are the hardest part for him. It's definitely it's, the steals. It's, so that's it, the same conversation with Luca. Is he can he get ten steals? I'll, I'll say it right now, Luka we no. will not be able to predict who does it. It's in it, but okay. it's historically been centers with blocks. Um, yeah. So I think if I had to pick one person, Clint Capella. It's Embiid. I think Clint it's Embiid. Hmm. Um, if I have to oh. pick one person, let me get Spike. Uh, Give me Jokic. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Just, just to continue that dumb little round. Um, okay, yeah. well, I got one more record. All right, let's hear uh, it. Eleven championships, one as an MVP. Oh, I was, I was oh no, no, I was gonna mention that. Yeah, no, I, no one's, no one's touching that one. The, the, the only star close to him is the goat, Michael Jordan, and he has six, six, yeah. six of them. Like, I mean, I don't think LeBron yeah. could get uh eight more. <laughs> this guy, this guy. I don't know if LeBron can get two more. <laughs> I know, man. <laughs> I know. 
Yeah, but th those are some. Of, those are some of the. Thank you, Nowakowski, for stimulating uh, my brain there with those uh, <laughs> unbreakable records. We now move back to Lehman for our post-halftime topic. Back in the All right. So we got a few things to talk about here. Um, first up, uh, courtesy of George. George, to touch on the Bucks' defense, um, and for good reason. They've given up 140 points, it seems like, the last five games. Uh, the most notable one, or the most recent one, uh, was the Spurs. 146 and a loss. Um, I believe they scored... What was it? Forty-two in the first quarter. Oh, oh, forty-six, forty-five. For, for, huh? How many points in the first quarter? <laughs> forty-five. 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 And I believe they ended the half with about with seventy-five. It was like eighty-seven, actually. Eighty. Holy guacamole! Yes, yeah. so the Bucks defense needs to talking about George as a resident Bucks guy. What what gives, man? And what have you seen from them in this recent stretch? Well, of, they like, give up. They trash. give up a lot of open threes. They kind of like to pack the paint and kind of dare you to shoot threes, which in this era is probably the dumbest thing I've ever like seen. And, you know, uh, when they were trying to come back late in the game, they had Brook Lopez out there, and it's literally been proven. His, his, those lineups with him aren't the best defensive ones. They were healthy. PGA, PGA Tucker was playing. Drew was playing. They started, they started with a zone because their man defense was so horrible. In, uh, in the second quarter, this, they started with a zone. Their man defense couldn't stop anything. I mean, Spurs were blazing hot from three, but that was, you know, coinciding with the fact that. They give up so many open threes. Seventeen for twenty nine from the Spurs three pointers. Almost sixty percent from. They three. don't and see they don't huck up that many. It's because they were open. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I I don't they get the Marcos are running the shield. They're not shooting threes. I don't get why this is their philosophy. You know, this, Bud thinks we're playing like two thousand and nine basketball here. Like they they give up open threes on the perimeter and because they have like you know Yanni's inside, Brooks inside, you know the rim protector. So they're like, okay, you know, try and try and outshoot us. And teams do that. They were two points away from letting the Spurs have five twenty-plus point per, uh, point scores. It was not a good game. It was very, very bad. Do you see a? Is it just a coaching thing? Because you normally blame that a lot on the Bucks uh, mishaps. Is an it a effort, coaching thing? An effort thing too. Like giving up hundred and fifty points. That's a, that's barely an all-star level, you know, all-star game thing. It's effort. It's totally effort based. You can't allow yourself to give up 146 to a team that's fighting to stay at the 10 seed in the Western Conference. But yeah, the rotations I kind of dislike. But I mean, especially they have the former Defensive Player of the Year. That should not happen. That's that's got the players have to be better there too. Yeah, was, that's a yikes. Uh, moving on. So I'm I'm chilling today. I'm watching. Uh, I think it was ESPN or Sports Center or something. And I see an ad for Dwayne Wade hosting a game show. It's some one of those random ones. It's one of those, you know, it's not good like our old game shows like Deal or No Deal or stuff like that. But it's just one of those ones that will probably go one season um, and then it will get canceled. So I want to know what NBA player, past or current, you want you would pick to host the game show. Um, I'll start with Nowakowski here. Okay. I have one current and one past. Let's hear it. And go ahead and cheat. Current, I know. Sorry, I, that, that's what I do. I switch it up like that. Uh, just like George. Current, current. I don't know why, but he's just like he's an amusing guy. So I feel like it would work. Joel Embiid. Definitely. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's that's not a that's not a hot take. That's a very yeah. yeah that's he's a good he's one. just such an he, he's just such a weird dude. And yeah, I think he'd be great for a game show. My past player. I don't know if he'd ever even get near a game show because of his his. Oh. <laughs> My guy Matt Barnes. I want that man hosting a game show. No, it, it, you can't just. It's got to be the all the smoke crew hosting like yeah, like yeah. a wipeout type game show. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I, I would love it. I, I would watch that. George. Yeah, I got a few as well, but uh, uh-huh. one that one that I haven't thought of honestly is Lance Stevenson. I mean, he's such a goofball on the court. You know? so if it's like okay. if it's like family feud, he's gonna get in a contestant's ear and blow in their ear as uh, they say an answer. Uh, maybe even, grandma. Maybe even like Javale McGee too. I know, like you know, he had the bubble vlogs. And he was kind of corny when he was doing them. You know, three time champ Pierre. But uh, yeah, just just a few of those those like you know long time bets that hop around teams, but are the, like the uh, the funny bench guys, the glue guys of their teams. Wait, could you? Sorry, before you go, Lehman, could you see like a serious, like a total serious NBA dude working out and doing it like a, like a Pat Bev, like someone who like is like intense. I think K. I think KD would be interesting. Okay. So someone would say something about like his Twitter, and he'd just be like, "Hold on, let me get on my burner to tweet or something." Ky- so uh- what about Kyrie? <laughs> Oh, no, Kyrie, Kyrie, hundred percent. He's gonna like start prophesizing. Someone's gonna so, say something that makes him mad. So I'll beat you guys in the cheating wise. Uh, the Hornets announcers oh, should, oh, should definitely man. host a game show. A thousand percent. And then none of neither of y'all said Kawhi. I think Kawhi would be golden <laughs> that's, TV. That's the serious one. Nowakowski was talking. Yeah, about. there it I, is. Okay, that would be golden TV. And then other than that, um. I think if we, we get some bad boys in there, you know, Kevin Porter Jr. with Ron Artest, I think uh, you the were actually new. talking about the bad boy Pistons. I am like, Bill Lambier getting up in here? Bill Lambier is more likely to play on a game show than host a game show. He looks like every <laughs> white dad in America, actually. <laughs> um, I, I, maybe, you know, Mark Aguirre and, I, and Zeke could play like a good cop, bad cop. Maybe. But I mean. Jamar's <laughs> getting up in there? Anyways. Um, all right, so now back to some serious topics. Uh, Suns dropped back-to-back games. Uh, we talked about it as far as covering the Warriors, but I want to focus more on the Suns. We covered a lot of it already, uh, but I want, want to get some quick thoughts here because we have Nowkowski. Uh, how worried are you? So it's a worry of mine. So it wasn't a worry when they were just, like, dropping games early. Like, early on, they gave up. It was over. But then that Warriors game, it was late. So that is one concern for me. But on the other hand, I think feel like they're kind of at the point where they're okay they're gonna be the two seed they're just kind of cruising in and kind of coasting at this point so i mean one to ten my worries are like a six right now um i'm kind of worried but i feel like it might they might be able to just like turn it up for the playoffs i hope they can i want to get your thoughts on what i said earlier because i uh a few pods ago because i uh i don't think you covered it when uh when you text us like what you thought about the podcast chris paul uh normally known as a second round exit kind of guy uh yeah. he's kind of turned his narrative around last few seasons um just because he's overachieved and he also made the conference finals for the first time his career with harden are you worried that like that could come because he's had talent enough to make it past the second round he just couldn't seem to do it for most of those clipper years all those clipper years actually uh, so do you buy into that, or do you think this is a new? He's vegan now. He's Chris Paul. He 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 can make it past second round. Okay, it's so tough this year with the West. Like they could pull the Lakers in the first round and be a first round exit, or they get the lucky hand and they don't have to face one of those tough teams and they can get to the conference finals and play the Lakers. You know, it's just it's really a matter of what they pull. But I understand the narrative of that second round exit. And it is something that is on my mind, especially with the matchups and who they're going to play. So if you're yes, that the Chris Paul second round exit, that is a concern of mine. Yes. 
Uh, George, quick thoughts on just uh, I thought it, and then a guy who likes the Suns and Josh kind of said it. Th- this entitlement that they have because the second they're kind of locked up the second seed, they're kind of looking bored. Looks like a championship hangar without the championship. How worried are you um, with this Suns team kind of being able to flip the switch when playoffs happen? Initially, not too bored unless they see the Lakers in the first round. Any other of the playing teams, I think they handle, even though they dropped a game to the Warriors. I still think over the course of a series, they would have enough to beat them. Second round gets a little bit more dicey. Say they say they do, you know, advance to the second round. They're most likely seeing the Clippers. Which Cli- Cl- Clippers in at, at, at most six. Yeah, so I that's that's where I'm at with them. Unfortunately, I, I do like seeing Chris Paul go deep, but I, I don't see. Hey, oh wait, <laughs> pause. I like I like seeing Chris Paul. Uh, you know, get to the conference finals, but I don't think it happens this year. Uh, is eight in their X factor, especially first round against teams like the the Blazers and the the, the Warriors and stuff in the Mavs and stuff like that? Because he's you know actually I think it's their their guard wing defenders, especially with guys like Dame, Steph, Luca, guys like Mikael Bridges, Jake Crowder, Tory uh, Craig. Those guys are going to be really important in stopping those uh, elite offenses. Word up. Uh, last one here until we look ahead. Uh, so really weird one here. Um, Bobby Marks on Twitter, I'm sure you're familiar. He's verified blue check. He announced that the NBA has said that Jokic and Embiid both qualify for forward and center uh, all NBA spots. So you could, everyone was thinking like, oh man, the top two MVP candidates are centers. Who's going to be on the first team? It's got to be Jokic. He's going to win MVP, right? But Embiid's had a better year and let's take into account the games played. That is that of that. You can have them both now, although they're both pure centers. Um, George, I want to get your thoughts on just them doing that. Um, and then if you had a vote, would you kind of stick with the norm and be like, you know, I'm voting center. Like I'm going to stick true to what it is. Or would you be like, you know what? It, it's a, it's a forward thing. I mean, it, it's a forward thinking thing. I don't like it because it takes away from, especially like in the West with all the elite forwards you have, I think it kind of strips away the, you know, the point of it. If you're going to, if you're going to give centers two spots, you might as well just Go completely positionless. Completely positionless. Yeah. Top, or, top top fifteen players in the NBA. Top five, top ten, top fifteen. Or guard and then forward slash center. So like you could have you know more than one center. But I mean, especially in like today's game, you know, you really have like you have like four or five elite elite centers. You know, the Ams, the Cats, Gobert, Jokic, and Embiid. Like. You know, you have three all defensive spots. Those guys are going to fill the uh, fill yeah. the out. So that, I mean, I like that point there. Like there, there's not a lot of centers. Oh no, we got to fit no, ten centers in the OMB. Like no, you know, <laughs> this isn't the '90s, early 2000s, where you know you have like tra- you know generational center talents. And I mean, we do have a few, obviously now, but you know, you're not losing sleep overnight because I don't know Nikola Vucevic isn't making an all defensive <laughs> team. I mean, yeah, it, it's just a few years ago, we had to change the All-Star game just because there weren't good, enough good centers. Like, we had to put four, three forwards, two guards for yeah, We almost got Zaza Pachulia in. Well, he, he, I, Mark, he did get in. The NBA just didn't tell us, and they, like, they changed it. just didn't it. put him in. They I just... know he got the votes. I know for a goddamn fact he got the fan votes because he was leading them with, like, a week left. I'm like, oh, no. Uh, Steph Curry passed him. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. Zaza would have made the NBA, uh, the NBA uh, All-Star game. But, yeah, Josh... I mean, we had guys like DeAndre Jordan making All-NBA first team uh, in 2015, and we didn't change it then. I don't see reason to change it now. 
Um, I say you ask a guy at the beginning of the year, you ask Nikola Jokic, what position are you? If he says point guard, screw it. He's a point guard. He said that he has to be a point guard now, but he's a center. Like he, he's always just center. So is Embiid. What do you feel about them putting him, being able to vote him in at like the forward spot? I mean, it, it confirms Lehman. This is, this is our worst fear. Randall won't be first team. If this is what's going on, <laughs> Randall won't be first team. Um, but I mean, in all, in all seriousness though. So I'm with George here. If you're going to do it, go all positionless because I, I don't like that because you have guys who are pure centers and then you have guys who are forwards and it's, so I don't like this. Um, I understand the NBA doesn't want to have to choose between Embiid and Jokic for that spot, even though it's Jokic because he's the MVP of the season. But um, I, I don't like that. Um, I think it takes away from the forward position and also the center. It takes away from both positions, really. Yeah. <laughs> um, which so I and you know I, I don't like that, but uh, yeah, I, I hope this this they either just say okay, we're going all positionless. 15 best players or they're just like this was a one season thing because we didn't want to hurt someone's feelings yeah i mean and whoever gets voted in if they do end up doing this if Jokic and Embiid both make first team um which a maybe the contracts like uh they because i'm sure there's incentives making first team they both deserve to make first team maybe they'll vote them in like that but like whoever gets the power forward spot you're all nba second team like Whoever gets that true center spot between Yogi and Embiid, that's the LNBA first team so, guy, so in my so opinion. If they gave Jokic power forward, you would say then, oh, he should have been on the second team center. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Even though Jokic is MVP. Well, I would I would hope that he's first team center. I would hope yeah, I so. Would too, but no, if they I vote him, too. if they vote him in at power forward, in my eyes, he's he's all NBA second team center. Okay, got it. I, I just want to make saw it. Okay. All right. Look ahead time. Uh George, you got yours? I do have it actually. I, I will be Nelikowski. If you have any of the schedule in front of you, I'd be more more than happy to hear your look ahead. I'm not going to catch you off guard though. Uh, no, me no. and George will go first. If you got a look ahead, go ahead and say it, uh, George. Pretty important game here for the Trailblazers. They're kind of in danger of falling back to the uh, playing spot. They play the shorthanded Utah Jazz. Uh, I believe it's yeah tomorrow, uh, Wednesday, May 12th. They play the shorthanded Jazz. If they win this game, it really, really. Go helps. ahead and take the because on Thursday they play the Suns too. So go ahead and take just the Blazers like back to back. Yeah, this is this is a huge stretch. I believe if they drop two, and the Lakers win out, Lakers do have a favorable schedule. Lakers end up being six. Portland will fall to the play-in. So this is a big weekend for them. I'm going to take Portland overall what, here. What uh you you have them, uh going two and zero? I have them beating the Jazz. Suns, I'm up in the air on. I'm gonna have it being a loss, but I I could see them being two and zero. I think Dame when he need, uh, with a sense of urgency, the Blazers have been a lot better. So I think if they lock down and say, hey, you know, let's not fool around here. It's a winnable game, at least for one of them. Uh, I'll take I'll take them splitting. All right, uh, I got on Thursday TNT four thirty Sixers Heat. Uh, both team or Heat are on a on a win streak there for Sixers is locked up that first spot. So I hope Embiid plays. It's not the second half of back to back. So I hope he plays. And uh, I mean, I don't. It might be a first round match or a second round matchup. Who knows uh, if Heat win that four or five matchup? Uh, but it should just be a good game overall. Uh, two very good defenses. And uh, yeah, I mean Sixers Heat don't got to really explain too much there. Um, I do have the Sixers winning, uh, but I have it close. Nokowski, you got to look at. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, this is the only one that really has real playoff implications left um, is uh, New Orleans-Dallas. It's on Dallas's end. They're tied with the Blazers. 
um, with the Lakers one game behind. The Mavericks do have a more favorable schedule than the Blazers do, but they still got to take care of business. They lost to Memphis. Um, Pelicans are shorthanded, but, I mean, anything is possible. I do have the Mavs winning this game, though. Pelicans have a chance to be some real a-holes here. They play the Lakers and the Mavs. Um, they, 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 they can just – be very, very rude and try and beat these teams. They and, could, but this is this is the perfect game for the Mavs to do something like the Mavs do, where they take a team light and then they get spanked. Exactly. This is a game where they it could ha- it happened to Memphis. Like I think they took Memphis lightly and Memphis punched them in the mouth. And hopefully they learned their lesson and it doesn't happen again. Yeah, so we will be covering that on Thursday. Uh, again, I don't know if you guys really noticed it, but we did have a bit of a different format here. Uh, let us know if you noticed it or if you like it, or, hey, maybe you want us to go back to the old one. Who knows? Uh, we're just trying out some new stuff here, trying to uh, figure out what works best for us. Uh, but that's how I do it for tonight's episode. Uh, again, Mr. Nowakowski, thanks for joining us. Tell them where they can find you. Oh, yeah, you can find um, – I'm on Instagram at J underscore sports underscore podcast. The podcast is J Sports Podcast, Spotify, Apple, YouTube, all that. Uh, I, I cover basketball, but I kind of cover sports as in general and cover everything. But uh, yeah, that's where you can find me. Yeah, it's not the J uh, basketball podcast. It's the J sports, hockey, baseball, football. Um, <laughs> I hop on this football one sometimes, even though I'm not the most well t- uh, known about football. I really like talking about it. Tim Tebow, baby. Uh, but yeah, thanks again, Noah Kowski, for having uh, for joining us, having us on. You normally have me on, so I'm used to saying that. Uh, but yeah. That's it for tonight's episode. Thanks for watching or listening. If you liked what you heard, make sure to follow us at TH Hoopers Instagram and Twitter. Uh, George, he just keeps growing on Twitter, so maybe you'll get a response. Maybe he'll go Hollywood. Who knows? But um, if you tweet at the TH Hoopers account, you'll get a follow. And uh, more than likely a response. Uh, George, will, will you respond to them? I don't know. Yes, I will. Yes, he will. Yeah, I don't know. What's his deal? Uh, but, yeah, thanks for listening. Thanks for being an OG. Take care, guys.